Don't worry, our duo. Everything's gonna be fine. They won't find us. Freeze! Okay, you told me so. Once again, greetings, Bucketheads. Mayvar Tigar. Welcome to the 95th Kyber Crystal Crushing episode of Mandavision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is, as always, on social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter. Ooh, excuse me, on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the podcast if you want to do long form. MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please remember Five Star Reviews, another great, insanely helpful way to help spread the word about the show and make sure that uh, all the people out there know that we're doing good things over here on MandoVision and you're having a great time because that is what it's all about. We're excited to be here talking about Star Wars with you all once again and, and having a great time and talking about Star Wars, it all just comes together. It's like peanut butter and jelly, just right in your mouth. It's delicious. So, yes, we are back. We are continuing our uh, our exploration, our reviews of Star Wars Visions, the the uh, the anime inspired lens through which we focus the Star Wars galaxy on Disney Plus right now, and and it's been a lot of fun. My my initial, you know, very often, if you've listened to the show for a long time. You probably have a, a, a pretty good feeling for, for me as a viewer of, of, of content. Uh, if you're new to the show, well, welcome aboard, and you'll get to know me as a viewer of content. And I, I feel like this is a refrain I make more than more often than not, uh, that the second and third time around, I like things a lot more <laughs> than I do the first time. Because that first time around, on that first viewing, I end up kind of doing like a, like a... I look at it like sort of like a puzzle box, and I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to just like solve the narrative solve what we're going for, try to get a better understanding of the characters, their motivations, what it is they want. And, and sometimes I get a little wrapped up in that. So watching something a second time, knowing the beats, knowing what's going to happen, uh, yeah, it's, it's really beneficial for, for a, a, a enjoyed viewing. And I think Star Wars Visions is one of those programs that really does lend itself to repeat viewings because uh, it is so easily digestible. Again, 15, 20 minutes, some shorter, some a little longer. Really easy, easy to watch content uh, on this series. And so why not go back and, and explore uh, some of the nuance of some of these, these episodes? Because it is a fascinating lens 
with which we're we're looking at these th- shows through, through each of these anime studios and the way that they are interpreting uh, Star Wars, the galaxy at large, these specific content and and certain aspects of of, of it. And, and you know, we sort of alluded to uh, some themes, not themes, but some some of the uh, some of the Star Wars lore that gets repeated throughout the series. And this is one of those episodes that we're going to talk about today. We're on episode three of Visions, the twins. Uh, and this is one of those episodes where, where something uh, pops up again, and it's going to pop up throughout the Vision series. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We, we try to stay laser-focused on the one specific episode, but we do have to note that, like, hey, in the duel, this was a thing, and it's a thing here. It's a bigger thing here. And a couple of episodes down the road, we'll see it again. So so a fun exploration of, of Star Wars Visions of the Twins episode is coming right now. Uh, I I hope everyone's enjoyed Visions. I, I really do. I, I don't know if I've if I've stressed that enough at this point in the show, uh, because again, I I'm a believer that you know more Star Wars content and more diverse Star Wars content is always a good thing. We want the the galaxy that Star Wars inhabits that we want to inhabit with it to be uh, everything, all aspects, all. Walks of life, everything, everything should be available to Star Wars. Star Wars is not limited to one or two visions or ideas or notions, uh, um, and and keeping it like really in that narrow little box is is doing Star Wars a disservice, and it's doing the fandom of Star Wars a disservice because when you have multiple points of view, when you have multiple ideas and expressions, and uh, just you know more perception, more perspectives, excuse me. Uh, on on the on Star Wars, uh, you're gonna make the audience even bigger and richer and and more. Um, uh, I think you're gonna make it a more rewarding experience. Is what I'm ultimately trying to say, and and I think this series achieves that. I really really do. I hope they come back and do another set of Visions episodes with another with with either with maybe a couple studios that that did well that maybe had like the higher rated episodes uh, for this this first series. Or, or a whole new slate, or a mixing of new and old studios. I, whatever they want to do, I, I'm definitely game for it. You know, even even uh, the qualms I might have, the nits I might want to pick with with some of these episodes. It's still, by and large, I'm still watching something that I've not seen before, and and I'm seeing a, a wildly new interpretation of Star Wars, and I think that's fun. I really, really do. And yeah, we're gonna talk about it because uh, we are reviewing episode three, the twins, and. Thus far, this is tied for the third lowest rated episode of the show, as reviews go, on IMDb. Now, again, IMDb is not the be-all, end-all of review websites. Obviously, Rotten Tomatoes is a big deal, and many other sites as well. Uh, but that's what we use here on the, on the MandoVision podcast, just because it's kind of convenient, because it's a great source for all the data that I need for the podcast, like when I do the cast and the crew and all that stuff. It's all right there at my fingertips. So we are going to get to the review right now on the other side of the bumper. But you know, you know what you got to do first. Do I have to say it? I guess I do. It's a podcast. I got, I got to say the words. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Where were you planning on going with that, Kare? To a galaxy far, far away. Well, there you have it. There's one of the uh, many unique lines. From Star Wars Visions, The Twins, the episode of Star Wars Visions that we are going to be talking about today in, you know, a decent amount of depth. (laughs) Uh, The plot for this week's episode 
twins born to the dark side clash aboard a massive Star Destroyer. And massive is one way to put it. I might call it two Star Destroyers uh, conjoined by a giant uh, Death Star-like cannon in the middle. That apparently has similar abilities as the Death Star to, to shoot a blast of, of laser energy and destroy planets. Uh, but this time, for all from the convenience of a Star Destroyer, uh, which is sort of sort of something echoed uh, in the Rise of Skywalker, right? You know, with the with the the final order and the, all that mini Death Star tech that each of those Star Destroyers have. Uh, so the miniaturization <laughs> of that technology, not not a not un, not an uncommon thought, not a rare thought amongst people. Uh, this week's episode is uh, it's directed by uh, Hayaruki Imiyashi and written by Hiromi Wakabayashi. I hope I've said these people's names correctly. Uh, because they deserve to have that kind of respect, gosh darn it. The American voice cast on this episode is... I mean, much like the other episodes, I mean, there's some heavy hitters in here. Kare is Neil Patrick Harris. Am is Allison Brie. Jonathan LePau is B20N. And Mark Thompson is the Stormtrooper. And of course, this episode is, is uh, you know, unique. Is... It's probably the best way I can describe it. We said it in the in the opening. This episode is currently tied for third lowest score of the nine episodes. It's not my favorite episode either. Uh, and l- listen, I'll be, I'll be specific. We're we're friends here. We're all in the same boat. We're all Star Wars fans. We're all Star Wars enthusiasts. I will tell you my particular uh, quibble with this episode. It is something that I've never really been able to get over. Even when I was a little kid, I did not care for it. But it's a it's a thing in, in Japanese animation. This happens quite a bit. It, it's, it's happened in other animation too. Don't get me wrong. The The laws of physics do not apply in, in the cartoon world. I understand. But it bothers me. When you can be in the vacuum of space with no suit and, and talk and converse... And everything's A-OK, even though you're in the cold, harsh vacuum of space. So, again, you know, maybe maybe it's a minor plot point. It's something I've seen a lot in, in, uh, in Japanese animation cartoons that I grew up with when I was a kid. Uh, but it was something that never really sat right with me. I was like, no, no, you need a suit to be in space. It's a space suit. You need a space suit. And interestingly enough, uh, we, we may talk about it a little bit later on in the show, at the very end, at the at the... After our, our characters have their their climactic battle, the the protocol droid, the the C three PO analog, the B two zero android, comes to rescue Am, and he has a helmet on, and he's a droid. <laughs> he doesn't need the helmet. What are we doing here? Or is that just some kind of clever inversion that I'm just not picking up on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So so the episode this week, um, again, it's not my favorite. This is probably one of the ones that I had. Some some problems with, even though by and large, uh, this one echoes so many things from the actual Star Wars films that we know and love. You know, you have the Star Destroyers, you have the ATSDs, you have Sith Lords in very familiar armor. Each one seems to have a little bit of an attribute from Darth Vader. Uh, we talk about the Force. We have Kyber crystals, Kyber crystals popping up again for the second time. A much bigger deal in this particular episode. Uh, we have the the protocol droid and the astro droid again they look different but they look similar there's a familiarity there and i think that's one of the things that's interesting about this episode is the familiarity like you sort of recognize uh not just visually 
the things that you are supposed to recognize, like X-Wings and, and the ATSTs um, and the Stormtroopers. Uh, but you sort of... I don't want to call them an analog because they're not. It, it's, it, it's, it's not like Luke and Leia, but it's like Luke and Leia. You know, we're talking about twins, but we're also talking about twins born of the dark side. And, and so they never really explain that. The, a, a big plot point, a big, a big story concern of mine with this episode is that we are very much dropped into the middle of the story. And uh, I'm usually okay with that sort of thing. But in this case, a little bit more context really would have been important, uh, to me at least. And maybe, maybe I'm uh, coming at this from the wrong point of view. I, I wish I understood Kare's uh, perspective. You know, again, we're told from the beginning... And by the by the the B two zero N protocol droid, who basically exists in this episode to provide massive amounts of exposition, that these are twins born of the dark side, to come to power, and and you know rule the galaxy as brother and sister, as as one would expect from from children born of the dark side. But one of the first things we see is Kare going into the reactor, going into this the super weapon that they have built. A super weapon, again, another very familiar Star Wars theme. Uh, and and he's looking at the power crystal. And I think we all know what's coming, but what we don't really know, what's never really established for us, is his reasons for taking it. We get to the point where he tells his sister she he shares his Force vision with her that through that crystal. It's going to kill her, and he was taking the crystal to save her life. But that's not enough for me. His 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 actions, his characterisms, his mannerisms speak far more of a, of a heroic character than one who has up until this point been the villain. Uh, and and so that's sort of where my big issue comes about with with the episode is like, I get it, he's turned. But because we didn't see the turn, it, it sort of lacks a dramatic punch. At this point, he's just sort of uh, in, being an imposter to himself so he can gain access to the power core, this massive kyber crystal that's going to power the super weapon that these Star Destroyers have between them to vaporize the Republic worlds. Again, again, very familiar Star Wars elements. And there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of lines uh, from the original trilogies, you know, have a bad feeling about this. You know, you get to hear someone actually say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, not long time ago, but a galaxy far, far away. So the, so the echoes of, of the Star Wars that we know and love are all in this episode. And credit where credit's due, the animation from Trigger Studios is fantastic. It's really, really sharply animated. I, I like a lot of the things that I'm looking at. Visually, this is what we talked about before when, when we were getting excited after the trailer. This is one of those episodes with a lot of... Uh, visual dynamics to it you know like it's very kinetic it's very frenetic there's a lot of energy and movement on the screen which is all things i really really enjoy seeing in, in animation particularly in japanese animation i think they do i think they express movement uh, particularly speed of movement very very well in japanese animation and so there's a ton of that in this episode that i did really really like and again you're watching it and there's familiar echoes of the star wars that we know and love both visually and in the story I just sort of wish we had gotten more of what led Kari on this path, what changed his personality. You know, again, he's very much the hero in this episode, but if he's been raised by the dark side, he would have a, a streak of cruelty in him. There would be some kind of questioning of himself before he does these things. So, like, there must have been a turn much prior to the events of this episode, and I wish we'd gotten that. 
uh, or at least some kind of allusion to that, like some kind of experience, some kind of trauma that he went through that changed him and his personality, and perhaps uh, uh, even giving his sister suspicions that something has happened and something has changed in him. Uh, it, it's not really there in this. And th- that, that's why from a narrative perspective, from the story perspective, that's why to me this episode sort of is one of the weaker ones. I do sort of agree with the rating system on this one. It's There's a lot to like in the episode. And the negative reviews online, I think, um, uh, again, it's a lot of the same stuff. You know, a lot of people just shouting things without really kind of elaborating on what they're really feeling or what they're really thinking as far as the reasons why they don't enjoy it, why they don't like it. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's a, it's a solid enough episode. I just sort of wish we'd gotten a little bit more. Again, you have an exposition spitting robot or protocol droid who doesn't spit enough exposition, which is shocking considering how much exposition this droid does give us in the first three minutes of the, of the, of the episode. Um, I, I liked the, I, I liked the characters for the most part. One of the big things I'm going to say about this episode, this episode is better in Japanese. Watch it in Japanese with the English subtitles. I think you're going to have a really nice time. I don't want to... I, I, I must tread lightly here because, again, we don't like to, to criticize too overtly, too harshly uh, the people involved in, in these things that we love so, so much. Um, but I don't really... I, I mean, maybe it's just me. Let me know if I'm wrong. I wasn't crazy about Alison Bree's vocal performance on this episode. Her, her turn is am... I thought was not great. It 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 was kind of over the top. It was it was a little um, hammy, <laughs> a little corny, maybe a little cheesy. At at various parts, it sounded like both her and Neil Patrick Harris had their heads in buckets to read their lines when they're still masked up in their armors. Um, but there's there's a a a, a set of dialogue. I, I won't recite the dialogue for you in the, on the show. But if you go back and watch the sequence, it's when she's powering up her armor with the with the kyber crystal, and there's there's a stretch of dialogue in there that just just doesn't hit my ear right. And, and again, maybe that's a me thing. And if it is, you know, it it is, and that's on me, because Alison Brie is an actor that I very much enjoy. Uh, many of the things that that she has done. So I I, I feel a little bad saying that, but it has to be said that that's kind of one of my qualms with the episode. So be it. It is what it is. Another little thing about this episode is the wild ways in which the kyber crystal is used. Now, again, the power core that Kare has stolen is what powers his weapon, much like the Death Star itself. It's a very large kyber crystal. They get into a fight for this kyber crystal. Kare is making his escape from the Star Destroyers to run away with this kyber crystal so that it cannot be used to, to kill innocent people and, and bring misery and darkness to the galaxy. Uh, his sister climbs aboard, goes outside the Star Destroyer to use the Force to pull his X-Wing back. Now again, Kara's the only character with an X-Wing, so I feel like that should have tipped off some Stormtroopers that maybe something weird was going down. <laughs> hey, why is this uh, X-Wing on our Star Destroyer? That's weird. We should, we should talk to our supervisor about that. But again, Am, the sister, goes onto the, the superstructure and, or, on, excuse me, onto the outer surface of the Star Destroyer and uses the Force to hold his X-Wing from going to hyperspace. Visually, I like that very much, and I wish that was something... You know, we've gotten to see that in some of the Star Wars comics, particularly some of the more recent Star Wars comics, uh, with Vader 
outside, you know, basically making making uh, use of of his armor and the fact that his his suit is has got some oxygen in it. He can be out in the vacuum for a, a limited amount of time, and and I thought that was neat to see. I wish that was something that was explored a little bit more in some of the more visual mediums out there. Uh, so seeing Am do it was really really cool. Where I I got into some. Uh, where I got into some muddied waters with her her use of the force was when it seemed to be that she was pulling the crystal through the X wing like she sort of made it um, immaterial so it could sort of phase out of the X wing. I thought I've never seen that force power before. Now I'm not saying there aren't force powers I haven't seen, but that one seems illogical <laughs> in many many ways. Then uh, and then. Uh, Kare grabs a hold. He gets pulled through as well. And this is when we get our characters out in the vacuum space. No big deal. Singing and dancing and carrying on. No suits. No oxygen. Just, uh, you know, have, living their lives and, and having their, 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 their squabble with each other. Unique. Unique stuff in the episode. Uh, eventually, the Kyber Crystal, they fight over it, and it splits. And we get the classic light side of the crystal, dark side of the crystal. Very much the symbolism the symbolism of Star Wars in this episode. Which again, I will say it one more time. So much imagery, so much of the dialogue is is echoes of what we know from Star Wars. So in a lot of ways, this episode might pay more tribute to Star Wars than some of the other ones. Um, it just doesn't, for me, narratively speaking, it doesn't land. I, I'm not crazy about the story. I, I have no problem being dropped into the middle of a story, but you need to give me a little bit more context for why character X is doing these things. And in, the, in this case, it's Kare. And, and sort of like, why is his personality so vastly different from his sister's? And no one seemed to have suspected him as of turning back to the light. Um, and then we, we, get to, we can talk about the end at the end here. But the next big difference is, is the massive flare-up that, the, that, these power, that, that these kyber crystals then give and it, it sort of seems like they're implying that the size of the kyber crystal would make uh, things work a little bit differently. At least I suppose. Or else they're implying that kyber crystals are just really hella powerful. Hella powerful. Because Am puts one in her suit. She gets all kinds of crazy sort of like lightsaber-y kind of like energy beams to shoot out of her body. And she's doing all these things with them. And Kara uses his light, sorry, light, light half of the crystal to power his new lightsaber. The only lightsaber in the episode. Uh, Am doesn't wield one. She has these other little things going on, these, these sort of like a lightsaber-esque whips, like lightsaber-esque tendrils. Uh, but he has an actual physical lightsaber. And uh, his lightsaber, unlike every other lightsaber that we've ever seen, it goes to 11. Uh, because to to sort of stop his sister, to save his sister, he, he cranks that puppy up to 11, rides the outside of his X-Wing while his droid pilots it, and they, he uses that, that super jacked up lightsaber to not only pierce the armor of his sister, slicing it off her body, and thus, thus slicing her kyber crystal, and thus nullifying it and, and destroying it. Uh, he also, with his amped up, turned up to 11 lightsaber, cuts a Star Destroyer in half. Visually, it looks fantastic. Logically, I'm just thinking to myself, well, how the heck did that work out? And I should say that he was also being propelled at basically like like hyperspace, hyperspeed levels by his droid to do this maneuver. Apparently, like, if you go that fast, your lightsaber can cut through the universe. 
You can pierce the walls of reality and peer into the great beyond if you're doing it at hyperspace. It was odd. It, that, that, again, this is an episode of, of interesting things and uh, some oddities. And I it, again, it, it, to me, it just doesn't all quite come together the way I want it to. I'd like some more narrative. I'd like a little bit more explanation. But I like the I like a lot of the things that I'm looking at. It's just in my, in my brain. I'm like I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I don't know how this works together. Like how do I make this work in my brain? I I'm, I guess I'm not given enough information about this sort of universe that these characters inhabit. You know, and and we talked about it on prior episodes. You can't really fit uh, you you fitting episodes of Visions into the Star Wars universe. It's 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 square pegs and round holes. It, it doesn't really work. So you don't want to have your Star Wars brain on necessarily trying to make this make sense. You want to watch the visuals. You want to watch the story. I'll have it all unfold in a new and unique way. Don't try to plug it in. And so I, I was kind of having that battle in my brain where I, did, where I didn't want to plug it in because I know it doesn't fit. But I'm seeing all these familiar things and I'm trying to like use what I know about that square peg and that round hole and, and it, it just doesn't it didn't work the way I wanted it to. And I guess that's all I'm getting at. If I got a, an elaboration, if there was a, to be a follow-up story with this or some kind of prequel short story or something like that to, to kind of help fill in some of my, my questions, answer some of my questions, fill in some blanks, I'd be okay with that. Uh, but to me, this, this galaxy doesn't have any rules at the moment. And you got to have rules. Rules bring a story narrative together because it means you can't paint too far outside the line before your audience knows you know, you're just making it up as you go along. That's what I wish this episode had was a little bit more structure to it, as far as like what can and can't happen in this universe, especially if you, you know if, apparently if you don't have the all power for Kyber Crystal that lets you do whatever you want, it's uh it, it it's very very interesting, but yeah cutting the Star Destroyer in half, like I said uh, logically it made no sense but visually, it was stunning to see like really really great animation, in in huge chunks of this episode and that one in particular I thought was really fascinating. And the imagery of that was very evocative of, of uh, The Last Jedi, a movie that I know is as, probably as divisive as this episode of the show is. But a, a wonderful black and white visual. There's a lot of good stuff going on in there. And I'm, I'm checking my notes to see what else I maybe have missed. I think we kind of got there. We, we went in a more roundabout sort of way than I had initially intended to. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to talk too much about, you know, this, this episode sort of being an, an inversion of, of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, because, because it's not really an inversion, uh, it, it's, it takes, again, there's a lot of familiarity, it takes some familiar elements, uh, and has its own thing, but I wouldn't say that, the, that Am and Kare are Luke and Leia, that's, I don't, I don't think that's what they're going for in this, maybe I'm being, uh, naive, I, I could be wrong, I, I, I didn't mention Kare's droid, his astro droid, uh, as our duo, and I like our duo. I thought he had a fun little look about himself, or, or or itself, I should say, or they they self. Is that how we say it now? I don't I don't know. Someone you know, I, I, whatever the droid wants to be called, I'll, I'll call the droid that. It's okay. Whatever pronoun that droid wants, I'll use it. So, uh, um, yeah, like I said, visually, a really exciting episode. Really fun. Really neat. A lot of good looks. Um. But it doesn't land for me. It doesn't land the way I want it to. I, I wish I had a little bit more information on some of these things, some of these aspects, some of the, some of the backstory for some of the characters. Again, I'm very curious. How did Kari get? I get, I get Am 
Am's all on the surface, and Am's droid B20, B20N gave me all her backstory and a bit of Kare's, but I don't know what happened to Kare to get him to go to the light side. There has to be more to it than just, I had a vision of my sister dying, and now I'm a really nice person. Like, no. That's, that's not how personalities work. That's not how being a person works. Like, you're, you, change is gradual. Change is not instantaneous. So, I, you know, I, I'd like a little bit more info on that. Uh, I did mention this episode is currently tied for the third lowest rated on IMDb. It's a 6.4. That's not a, a terrible score for this episode, in my opinion. I, I, could, I could push a little bit higher, like 6.8, if I wanted to, I suppose. Um, it's not quite a 7 in my books, but it's not a 6. I, I feel like it is kind of sorely, solely in the middle there. So I feel like this one might be one of the more appropriate uh, rankings of the, of, the, of, the, of the series so far. Uh, don't read those reviews, though. Again, it's just more people who, who uh, just want to shout. It's a lot of shouting, not a lot of uh, explaining or, or sharing their feelings on why they think this or why they feel that way. And, and that, that bums me out. I, I should mention, uh, interestingly enough, at the end of the episode, Kare does crash on a planet that is very Tatooine-esque. So more Star Wars homages come into play. Uh, and he talks about how he can feel that his sister's in the Force and he's going to pursue his, de- his new destiny and get new answers. And that's something they tried to make a theme um, that, again, I don't think really landed uh, because Kari kept yelling it to Am all the time that he, she doesn't have to be a slave to her destiny. She can choose her own path. I don't think that resonates enough because we don't understand these characters enough. We don't have a deep enough knowledge of them. We're, yes, we're told they're children of the dark side, but we just don't know enough in the short amount of time that we get to spend with them to make that really resonate, in my opinion. Do you agree or disagree? Am I way off base? Are you way off base? Yeah, maybe you're way off base. How about that? You ever think about that? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Relax. It's a joke. We're just, we're having fun. Having fun. But that's, that is twin the twins. Uh, the third episode of Star Wars Visions. I think it's an interesting episode. It's visually dynamic, visually enjoyable. Again, don't try to fit that square peg into that round hole. Not gonna work. But visually, you can watch this episode. Again, it clocks in like 13 or 14 minutes. It's an easy-peasy watch. And there's some fun stuff to look at. There really, really is. Um, But applying our Star Wars brains to it is not the best idea in the world. Not the best idea. All right, do you agree or disagree? Because that's the show right there. Reach out to us. You know the best ways on social media. is at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Long-form responses to me. Hey, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. One more reminder to please make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing this show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible or so inclined, and you're on Apple Podcast, five-star reviews, an incredibly great way to help, help support the show, spread the word about what we're doing, and help make sure that we don't get lost in the shuffle against the algorithm. That evil, evil algorithm. Let me tell you, I don't like that algorithm one bit. All right, well, we're going to get out of here for now. We're going to be back, uh, gosh, very, very soon with the fourth installment of star wars visions and i can't wait to talk to you all about that one and and in the meantime just be everyone be great i hope everyone had a great weekend and we're going to talk extremely extremely soon and if any of star wars news breaks between now and then you know we'll be here to cover it we know we'll be here to talk about it because that's all i do is i sit around i hit refresh and i look for star wars news Anyways, let's wrap up. Let's get out of here. Thanks for being here. This is the Mandivision Podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom. I hope to see you, well, 
I hope you all check back in soon. And hey, you know, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.